scientific art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person, and in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that, and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Secret Art of Business. And today I am so excited to have Faizun Kamal with me. Um, we met at an event and um, we were just talking prior to recording that it's like, you know what, that's my person. So I am so delighted to have this bit of sunshine in my life today. And I'm hoping that you will also enjoy her presence. Faizun is an award-winning CEO and one of the 100 um, most influential women in franchising, which is, you know, kind of exciting. And your company is the Franchise Pros, and I do want you to tell us all about that. So welcome, Faizun, and let's talk about what you're doing. Wonderful. Catherine, I am so excited to be here with you. You have been, since last week, I've been, I've been looking forward to this day. You are, without a doubt, the highlight of my week. Oh, I was, thank you. are probably the highlight of my month. I, I've just oh, been chance. You're welcome, but truly a chance to reconnect with you. Um, have you ever heard of the saying, it's by my favorite poet Rumi, and it says something like, your heart and my heart have been friends for a very long time, <gasps> even though we just met. I've not heard that, and I'm a huge fan of Rumi too. Oh my God, I love that. I feel that about you when we first met. I'd have um, same? So I am I'm I'm excited to be here, Catherine. Thank you yeah, so we, much for well, we journey. met like we were like kind of paired in this discussion. Like you you and people at this table, you all talk, and immediately I was like, I cannot not lose contact with this person. So we and we've tried to stay in touch. So this is great. We're back together. We're back together. So tell me about your company. <laughs> or tell the audience about your company. Absolutely, absolutely. So I run a company called the Franchise Pros. Um, I started this company, Catherine, about six and a half years ago. Um, at that point, I was working in corporate America, and the company was going through wave after wave of layoffs, and my position happened to get cut at that point in time. So I left the company, and that really, in many ways, very pertinent to our conversation today, that really began, in retrospect, what became a time of huge creativity in my life where I said, okay, well, you know, I did A, B, and C in corporate America. I didn't like certain things. In this next iteration of my life, what is this thing going to look like? And one thing led to another. And I went about it in just the most unconventional ways, which in retrospect was the best thing I could possibly have done. Um, in the iteration of the company as it now exists, what we do, Catherine, is we work with business owners, just like you and I, and these are business owners who've taken their company to a certain point of growth. They're now looking at taking the company to the next level, and they feel turning that business into a franchise is the most optimal growth strategy for them. We work with those business owners, take them through a franchise development process, turn them into a franchise. And at that point, we basically become their in-house sales and support team. 
and we help that new fledgling emerging franchise grow by recruiting qualified franchisees into that new system. So essentially, if you have a great idea for a business and you decide, I want to make this a franchise, you're the person that they call to make that happen. Would love to have a chat. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. All right. That's great. And I will have all your contact information in the post. So if people wish to do that, they all know how to get a hold of you. Um, but you didn't, we're not, well, you mentioned, well, and, and just worth mentioning to people that if you have a job in corporate America, before you start your own business, it's the best education you could possibly get. And yes. to your point, <laughs> to your point, you know what you don't want in your company when you start. <laughs> yes. And isn't that sometimes a more valuable education to have than what you do want? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So you did not start doing this. You had, you know, mentioned that you have done other things, but I want to go even further back to when you were a kid. So when you were a kid and before anybody told you you had to be serious and, you know, start a business or be in a corporate job, what were you doing for fun? Growing up, I was a tomboy. Um, now I'm a very girly girl, right? How, how we change, how we evolve over our lives, but I was a tomboy. Um, I was out on my bike. I would be out on my bike. Um, I was also, I was also your sort of quintessential flower child in the sense that I love nature, flowers, plants, trees, birds fascinated me. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. not the insect part so much. Birds did, not the insect (laughs) I don't know. I I always felt alive when I was out in nature and I still, to this day, so I'm an avid gardener now as an Mm -hmm, adult, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we are now sitting here getting into May uh, for, for those of us in the Northeast, this is sort of the season where we, where the planting begins, right? So I've been working on my garden and it's a wonderful, I think at heart, Catherine, I'm a gardener Mm -hmm. and my chosen vehicle is franchising, but I'm a gardener. Because what am I doing? I'm essentially working with you, my client, and I am preparing the soil for the garden. That's your business. Mm-hmm. I'm helping you figure out how do we create the best possible environment for growth? What kind of soil do we need to put in? Oh, we must have some earthworms in there. Oh, we must bring this in. Um, we shouldn't just plant one particular type of plant because that depletes the soil of the nutrients. So we do multi, right? Different types of plants that add to the variety and and adds to the richness of the soil. So you talk about creativity, right? I find gardening opens me up in a way that almost nothing else does uh, because you literally see the the fruits of your labor in front of your eyes, right? You plant the seed. And you water for like weeks, feels like weeks on end and not a damn thing happens. And you're like, what's going on? <laughs> I ruined it. I ruined it. And then you walk out one morning and you see this tiny little thing coming out of the soil and you're like, oh my God, right? So th- that I would say as a child, creatively, I've always been out in nature. I've always enjoyed that. It's, mm-hmm, it it mm-hmm. taught me a lot more than I think um, school and, and books did. Um, and I still, I still fall back on that as an adult now. And I, and I love that. And you actually tied it up already with how this applies to your business, which was my, my next question. (laughs) And you, you illustrated that perfectly where, you know, because of that, you do this, and this is how you apply, um, 
your creativity to your job by essentially creating these gardens for people and making sure that they grow, which I think is not only super cool, but it's really lovely. You know, it's a, it's a lovely way to think about growing your business um, when it's a garden and you are like the expert that's going to help them do that. So very, very cool. When, um, let me ask you this, when you were young, and I was a tomboy too, by the way. So of course, and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then found dresses, found dresses much, much later, you know, because I think just because they were easier, you know, to put on. <laughs> but when you were, when you were younger too, did you get any pushback from people, you know, like spending, you know, do, trying to um, do something more serious rather than play outside and, and, you know, enjoy nature? Were, were, there, you, were your parents like you have to study? Was there any adult that wanted you to kind of get more serious with your life, if you will? <clears throat> my parents were very cool in that way, Catherine, where, nice. I mean, I couldn't spend all hours of the evening at night and night outside. Mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. have a decent time. So there was that. But really, other than that, no. I mean, there was, I'd go to school and, you know, I grew up, I grew up in Nigeria. I grew up in Africa. My father used to work for the Nigerian government. It was oh, a whole wow. different environment. So, you know, I'd go to school, come back. I had a best friend. And, you know, I would go out on my, I still remember how I remember this. I have no idea. It was a bright red bike and the brand was called Tomahawk. Go figure. I have no idea. I remember that. So I would go out on this bright red bike and he and I would meet up and, you know, we would, we would do whatever we did. And I, 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 as an adult now, and, you know, we have a nine-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. um, When I think on my childhood, I remember that period growing up. Um, I was probably at the time, Catherine, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, like sort of that, mm-hmm. that state. Those were some of the best years of my childhood where I truly felt the world and everything else was my oyster. I could go out there and I could do anything that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hold that time in my heart. I remember that time in my heart because, you know, as adult, when we grow up, so many different things happen where right. people and circumstances um, tell you, you're not all that hot. Who do you think right. you are? Right? You think you can do this? What makes you think you're the one? Who do you think right? you are? You know? Who do you think you are? Right? And to be able to have a memory like that that I can go back to and say, you know what? What do you mean, who do you think I am? I am Faizun Kamal. And yes, I can do this right? So to be able to have those things, I think, in your childhood that really give you that expansive view into the world is Mm -hmm. so important, particularly in today's world. For today's children who grow up, you know, with their noses inside devices, hardly ever go out. Right. And I am sad in a way that they don't get more time outside because I remember when um, I was a kid, my mom had five children just threw us outside and just basically said, I will see you at the end of the day. And, um, and that's I look back at that. I'm like, that was kind of crazy. But in reality, we had so much fun. We, but we were like miles away from the house. We got on our bikes and I think we literally just rode miles away. And, you know, as long as we came home, my mom didn't worry. And I'm like, did we even have lunch? I can't remember. But we would, were on all these crazy adventures and yeah, that freedom that we felt, 
I hadn't thought about going back and really capturing that. So I really love that you brought that up because that's kind of an aspect to all of this that I had not thought of. So that has been quite the gift to this podcast is like, think back at that. Not just think back at that and how you were creative, but how do you literally just hold on to that, that time to push you forward into the future? So that is, that is, yeah, I, I love that so much. I love that so much. So you're helping people with their gardens grow. And what are you planning for the future of your company? What would you mm-hmm. like to do with your, now that you have all this creativity and vision and things like that? Interesting you ask that. So we have been in, um, in a really sort of explosive growth phase in the company. Oh, that's wonderful. And what we are doing uh, now, Catherine, what we've been doing for some time now is essentially setting up um, a platform company where we will have a handful of portfolio brands. So these are franchises, uh, brands that we bring in from the get-go. We nurture them, we grow them into a franchise, and then we then we start bringing franchisee into, franchisees in to grow the system. But ultimately, uh, these are brands uh, for whom we are setting the stage for them to have some sort of successful exit, whether through a private equity company or some other uh, comparable vehicle. Um, And this becomes the brand's sort of the brand founder and the brand's legacy. I think at heart, I have always been a gardener and a guide. Mm -hmm. And that even more so now in the work that I do with with my clients, with my brands. Um, It's something that I think is second nature to who I am. And I think another reason why we've had such explosive growth to use the word that you've used so beautifully so many times is that the approach that we take to growing and scaling brands is creative, is fundamentally different from how it is done traditionally in the industry that I'm in. Um, Our brand founders recognize that. So they typically will have found me after they have had several conversations with different competitors and we get on a call and you can sometimes see the look in their eyes where they kind of sit back and they say, wow, this is not how I expected this conversation to go. (laughs) And I think again, the, the piece with creativity, and I say this to my daughter all the time, right? She's, she's nine stepping into 10, fourth grade at that age, Catherine, where, the last thing you want to do is stand out. You yeah. want to conform and be like everyone else in your classroom, right? Uh, because that's the way to fit in. You don't exactly. want to stand out and be a threat to someone. And so she and I have these daily conversations. And it's interesting because with creativity, and she's a creative, she loves art. So her two loves are swimming and art. And I see the art that she does. And, you know, we talk about this. But one of the things about creativity that I think if you're able to nurture what you have as a child and take it through you throughout your life, your creativity is a competitive advantage. Absolutely. Right? Uh, Whether you're a business owner, whether you're an employee, whether you're a parent to a nine-year-old who you have to get super creative to get them to do what you need them to do. (laughs) Yeah. 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 
And, and that's that's exactly the note that I'm trying to hit here is that um, we have been gifted this wonderful thing called our brain. And in most cases, we only really exercise half of it. And we let that right side, that creative side kind of just, you know, get weaker um, because we're not utilizing it as much. We're not introducing that creativity. And it, I always think of it like, you know, trying get getting up from a chair using only one leg. You know, it's really, it's really challenging, but if you use both legs, you know, it's a lot easier. So if you're trying to grow a business, if you want to have a successful career, use the whole brain, don't just use the half of it. And especially it's that half that always tells us if you work hard, you will be successful. And if you work hard and that's all you do, you get depressed is the reality of the situation. But if... But if you are using the whole thing, the whole brain, and you're staying creative, and it, it, you're you're exactly doing, you're a great example of this, where you know you have to just. I know how everybody else did it. I know I know that, but I got to do something different. And let me think creatively how my company can stand out, um, mm-hmm. so people will remember it. So you know, I got the I got the one with the bright colors versus the company that decided to stick with the the grays and the and the, the black and whites. You know that sort of thing. You know, and, and you guys are all working really hard, and that's wonderful. You're putting in you know sixteen hour days, but you know what? I got an eight hour day, and I'm enjoying the rest of my life because part of that is you know utilizing you know all my tools. And growing the business as a a complete vision versus just a whole bunch of tasks kind of lined up together. Yeah, the creative problem solving, the innovation, all of that. I mean, that's what we need to be exercising every day in our business. And I I love that your daughter is a creative person because and and also, too, I'm sure at at a certain point, too, she got divided into the camp, the creative camp, too, because it's like this part of the class you are going to have to learn science and this part of the class, you're our artists, you know? And I remember that just from when I was growing up, I'm like, Oh, Catherine, you're an artist. And it was helpful because no one had told me that. And I was able to kind of figure out what my career would be. But in some cases, just because I could draw something realistic does not mm-hmm. mean that the impressionistic artists in the class should have been, you know, kind of discounted for their creativity. I think we're all creative, but it's just a matter of how much we are using that side of our brain that makes a difference. And I would even take that a step further, Catherine, to say it's also shattering the ways in which we define creativity. Absolutely. I'm thinking like the kid that's really funny in class. That kid is pretty creative, you know, and, but they're like telling him, sit down, shut up, do your math, you know, but what it, what it, what is in this child that is sparking just these things that some people would never think of, you know? They would never think that, but they're thinking in a certain way. Why is that not considered creativity? Right. Um, you know, when, um, so when I was at Stanford and visited IDEO, right, the very famous IDEO, so for your listeners, uh, Google IDEO, I-D-E-O, and you will be floored. So IDEO was co-founded, so it's a, it's a design lab. It's mm-hmm. Stanford's design lab. And essentially, um, so David Kelly has a book by the name of Creative Confidence. And after I visited IDEO, we took a tour. We had a couple classes on, on design, what they call design thinking. So design thinking, it, this is a silly example, but it illustrates the point perfectly. Have you ever been to a public restroom? Of course. 
you sit on the toilet and then you reach for the toilet paper and the toilet paper holder and the roll is all the way on the other side of the stall. That is a fundamental flaw in design thinking. So the people who created that, they did not put themselves in the position of the user. What are you going to do if your toilet paper is all the way on the other end of the stall? Right? <laughs> it's a silly but a very effective example of how we have this blinders on when we design whatever it is that we do. And we do this, by the way. All of us, we do this. Absolutely. And I was thinking, I was laughing because I was thinking, well, now I'm going to have to get creative to figure out how I'm going to reach the stand of toilet paper. <laughs> now you have to get, right? Maybe not the best use of your creativity, <laughs> Catherine, okay? Like my creative um, problem solving, you know, has to kick in. Exactly. <laughs> um, but David Kelly in his book, Creative Confidence, and I would say, if anybody hasn't, pick up a copy of that book. For me, what it did was it helped me um, break some of the myths in my own head. I had always thought I was not a creative. Right. And I always defined that by, well, I can't paint and draw. I'm not musically inclined. I'm not creative after all. Right. Yes. And this book just walks you through and says, but how do we define creativity? Who defines creativity? And why is it only in certain ventures that if you are good at them and you do those, you're a creative. Exactly. And if you don't do those things, you must not be, right? And so I think creativity in every aspect of our lives, because again, it, it, it allows us to break through self-imposed boundaries that we've all created, right? A very good cop out. Mm-hmm. Faizun, can you do yeah. that? Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't do that. It's a very nice way for me to close myself off of something. Right. It's easier. It's a lot. if I said, it's a lot easier, right? What if we challenge ourselves instead to say, you know what, Catherine? I don't know how I would do that quite yet, but why don't I circle back with you after I've taken a step? Oh, absolutely. And I might come back to you and say, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry, I couldn't figure it out, but at least I tried. Right, right. And I am going to, you know, just kind of build on that too, because... Um, you're, you, everybody has a right side to their brain. Yes. <laughs> so you yes. are creative, you are creative, but it's, it is, what are you creative at? And I think because we were divided into camps when we were little, or because we were convinced somehow they are, we are not creative in some way. Like I said, we just kind of let that go. It's like, I don't need to use my, um, my left arm that much. <laughs> so therefore, and now it can't open any, any jars because it has gotten so weak <laughs> because my right hand is a dominant one. You know, yeah. it's, it's that exact same sort of principle. And I know that I, and I've even kind of, I have, I'm working on this presentation where I'm kind of helping people kind of figure out how to dig into their creativity and you know what it is. And you can, and the things that I do that kind of trigger people, it's like, well, when you're done at the end of the day, using the left side of your brain, what is something that mm. you like? Is it to binge television? Because you know what? Guess what? That's stimulating the right side of your brain. You're into the show. You're into the storytelling. You're into the creativity. Do you get a glass of wine? Because now that's stimulating the right side of your brain. The taste, the feel, you're dis- you can feel the disengaging of that the left side of your brain. So it's, it's there. It's working. How do we get it to just be a stronger 
um, tool for us. And it's, it's been really fun to kind of see people like, and that's why I ask people what they did as a kid, because that's where they somehow lose it. And I, there was a great interview that I did where somebody used to dance. I mean, like literally dance when they were a kid, like if they were in this guy's dance group or something. And I'm like, and I, I was like, and he's always been creative, you know, because of that. And I'm like, that's, that's exactly it. That, what did you do before somebody that told you that you couldn't be creative? <laughs> because we all were, we were doing imaginary play. We were riding bikes. We were discovering the world and things like that. And like I said, and suddenly we didn't get permission anymore to do that. Um, but it's so useful today. It is so useful today. And you're doing it in your business. I'm doing it in mine. And I think everybody can do it in their own. And I'm hoping that you know, that's the message here. I want to pick up on something you just said. You use the word uh, permission, Catherine. Um, something that I tell my daughter, right, at age nine. Um, how does it feel in your heart, mama? When you think of this and you think of this, how does each one make you feel in your chest? And she'll stop for a moment. and She'll say, well, I just really feel like doing this. This makes me happy, mama. Okay, so here's what I want you to remember, Z. When you have two things and you feel like you have to choose, go into your heart for a moment, close your eyes and ask yourself, does this make me happy? I think, Catherine, as we get older, we become more sophisticated. And the sophistication is the layers of tarnish on a piece of mirror. Over the years, this sophistication adds layers of tarnish, and we feel we have to evaluate things in a more sophisticated adult way. When in fact, sometimes all you really need to ask yourself is, hmm, does this make my heart happy? Yeah. And what is the answer to that? Related to permission, something I say to Z, our daughter all the time is, mama, unless it's something that you know is bad, you shouldn't be doing it. Don't wait to get permission from your teacher, from your mama, from your baba. Give yourself the permission to go with something that makes you happy and you know is good. You're not hurting anyone. You're not doing anything bad or sneaky. You can do that. This is the other piece to creativity, Catherine. It wasn't until I read David Kelly's book that I gave myself permission who the hell was I waiting for to give me permission <laughs> to be creative in my own life? Right? Exactly. exactly. But we get yeah. thrown a blanket of duty on us somewhere along ah. the way. And it takes out all the light and you can't breathe and it's heavy. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, wait a second, I can take this off? You know, and, and sometimes it, it is somebody who has kind of lived through it that gives you that permission because you don't, it kind of sneaks up on you. <laughs> And, you know, you may not see it coming, but next thing you know, it maybe happens in the night when it's dark and then you wake up and it's like, oh, it's still dark. Well, I guess I'll just (laughs) go about my day. But yeah, that's, that's, I I love that analogy. And I think that is an absolutely perfect way to describe it. Yeah. I, I, I love that you are a firm believer in this and you are definitely doing that now and you're teaching your children that your child that, and I'm trying to do the same um, with mine because I think it's, it's just really important. You know, we have, you know, learned a lot growing up in the era that we did as women and sometimes men too, where, you know, they kind of get thrown a lot of duty 
right, you know, from the beginning, you got to be the man of the house and, you know, you can't cry or feel emotion and, and things like that. And I mean, I, I can't speak to, I, I, I need to ask, maybe I catch a point blank, ask a guy that on this, <laughs> do you feel like you were given a duty at a certain age and you just haven't been able to escape from it? But um, this is more about the people that have always kind of, you know, kind of kept in touch with it. And if you do feel mm-hmm. like that blanket's on, you, we're, we're, you and I are going to give them permission to take it off and right. and be creative. Right. And even if it's like those coloring books that people do, it's, it's those wine and paint nights, any of that, you know, just binge a, a great show or a movie that was well-written. I mean, it's the same as somebody reading you a story, you know, all of that. Just keep doing that. And it's just as important as the hard work and the putting the time in and things like that. And actually, if you do it right, you want to work so hard. There you go. <laughs> I was going to in fact, if we actually added a little bit more of the right brain, a little bit more of the creativity into the rigid, structured routines that we've all created for ourselves, the quality of your life changes. It does. In imperceptible, but very tangible ways. Where suddenly, you know what? You don't feel as exhausted at the end of the day like you used to. Hmm, I wonder how that happens. Exactly. Exactly. Little, you know, working working from home, Catherine. Um, and this is why it works so well for me. The way I work, like if somebody trained a video on me, I think it would be a reality show because it's like <laughs> this girl is crazy. I'm Get all over the place, but I would have it. Right? <laughs> Because my brain just not, I, I don't know whose does, but mine doesn't think linearly. Like I can't sit at my, at my laptop for three hours straight, right? I'll go into the deck. I'll go downstairs into our garden. I'll say, you know what? I'm starting to feel a little hungry. Let me make myself an omelet. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go for a walk. Uh, I go for a walk every day. The time varies. It, it depends on sort of my, what do you want to call it? My rhythms, my biorhythms. Like right, I start right. to feel. I need it now. I got to go now. Yeah. I got to go now, right? But whatever it is for you, if you take a moment to get inward, your body always tells you. It's always there. It's so full, full of information. But again, over the years, we've become so sophisticated, yeah. we think we have all the answers. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, working hard is what you should do. You know, the other stuff is considered having fun, but I'm like, fun. It, but it, you know, and a waste of time. But, is it, you know, is it really, you know, it's, it is fun, but I don't think it's a waste of time. I think it's uh, an investment and we all have to, like I said, give ourselves the permission to, um, to do it and give everybody else the credit for the ones that do want to do it. You know, just say, Oh, they're just, you know, yeah, flighty yeah. or whatever. It's like, no, they're, they're doing it right. <laughs> they're doing it right. And we're doing it wrong. <laughs> Well, thank you so much today. I have so enjoyed this and, you know, you know, off, off the, off the record here, I'm going to send you some dates because we have to like talk monthly or something. I don't know, but it's been too long. And I am just happy to, like I said, to, to bring your light to my audience because you have such great insights and you're just such a delightful person. And I I can't wait till we get to meet in person again too. So that'll be also really wonderful. And since you, know, since, you know, we're both East Coast, you know, we should just plan our own little get together, maybe. And- <laughs> there you go. Now you're being creative, Catherine. <laughs> All right. Thank you again so much. Thank you so much. Such a delight. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Secret Art of Business is supported by Portfolio Creative. Portfolio Creative is a recruiting and staffing company specializing in finding marketing talent. Go to PortfolioCreative.com to get started in finding your next marketing person or your next job. We are experts. We are creative. We are good humans. Please subscribe or follow this podcast to get the latest episodes. And let me know if there's someone you think of that would be a great guest on the show. Here we can build a community that believes creativity and drive can work together.